0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopek down here once again, as always, at Neck of the Woods Brewing Company here in Pittman, New Jersey. Dr. Frey, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Jason. How about yourself?
0: Doing pretty good. We uh, Another slow point of the year, it seems like, right? We, we combed through the headlines, and yeah. wasn't a lot of new, exciting injuries out there to talk about. Yeah,
1: a little bit surprising, I thought, right? You're, we're into baseball. It's in full swing at this point. NBA playoffs, of course, we did a show on Embiid last week, mm-hmm. and, you know, we could probably do a show on that guy pretty much every yeah. week. NHL playoffs are happening. Mm-hmm. You, you'd think we may have some some brand new sort of interesting injuries that we haven't covered yet, but really, really nothing jumping out at us.
0: NHL's always tough, too, because... Vague. Very vague. Yeah. Very vague, and it's either lower or upper body injury. Right. Right. And I guess we can, that could be fun for us because we could really speculate totally. about what, what it is. Just completely
1: make it up. Yeah, but we, <laughs> we,
0: we often don't have a lot of information to go off
1: of right. It that. Right, right, right. Makes it a little more challenging. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so this week we'll do things a little bit differently, yeah. right? We want to keep it kind of fun and kind of interesting. Not quite as scientific mm-hmm. as, as the majority of our shows. Yeah, right? I agree. Um, you know, the stuff that we talk about, you know, we don't. We don't typically sit up here and cite the literature mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, that would make for a very dry and yeah. boring show. That would probably yeah. not have lasted as long right. as our show has lasted. However, um, uh, a lot of the stuff that we talk about is f- based in good scientific mm-hmm. literature, yeah. and, and and that's why we, we we present it, you know, as fact.
0: So you and I talked about what tonight's episode would be, and. Yeah. When I really thought about it it kind of got back to the core of what we founded this podcast to be about right and we talked about how interesting it would be if if someone was recording the conversations right. in the break room regarding you know conversations with colleagues other right. physicians things like that yeah and we always seem to have these uh stories that are presented to us or something that a patient says yeah and we thought there might be a good opportunity to do an episode on Debunking some of the myths of sports medicine. Yeah,
1: and it and it again not scientific based, no. just kind of gestalt. You know? Yeah, what what's our feeling on it?
0: Just, just things that we hear people saying that right. you know you kind of yeah. not in front of them, but you you kind of roll your eyes behind the scene. It's like where I mean, where did you hear that? Yeah. Or, you know,
1: well, you just roll with it because you've heard it a hundred times right. yourself, and so you know many where times. it's coming from. But you may not necessarily agree with it, yeah. but you just kind of roll with it. Right. But oftentimes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oftentimes it's probably myth.
0: So you know earlier i kind of pulled some of the colleagues around and a lot of them were guests that we've had on this show and sure. i think within 10 to 15 minutes we had a list of 50 to 60 interesting myths to add to today's list folklore urban right. legend right and i thought it'd be interesting to bounce some off you you can bounce some off me all right and we just give i guess at this point like you said our opinion yeah may not necessarily be fully backed by science No. Nope. but Hey, and it's it's kind of what we hear on a day-to-day basis.
1: And who knows? Maybe there is some science out there right. regarding some of these, right. you know, quote-unquote myths yep. that we're just not yep. privy to or we're not right. familiar with. So, so.
0: And then after we started talking about this with, with these colleagues, it was like, man, I think we could probably do shows just on the myth if we really dived into the details on them, too. Right. Right, totally. and it also made me kind of regret not having when, let's say, we had Doctor Jennings on a few oh, weeks ago, where yeah. some of these myths that came up were hand finger related. Yeah, maybe Getting we should his take on it. Yeah, like maybe we should add a segment to the end of every show where we ask that specialist the said myth of that of that week.
1: I like the idea. Hopefully, we follow yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we'll try to we'll try to try to incorporate that yeah. into some of our some of our shows going forward. Yeah,
0: let me start with uh, a couple that came up with me recently that's where a lot of the idea for tonight kind of stemmed from okay had a patient call uh, sorry patient's parent call Mm -hmm. frustrated they did an acl prevention program right it must not have worked because said athlete tore their acl Doctor, Doctor Frey, ACL prevention programs are 100% effective.
1: Right, myth number one. <laughs> Clearly, no. Yeah. Nothing in medicine, mm. nothing in biology, right. is 100%. And I actually have this conversation with patients frequently. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there, there are exact sciences out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Chemistry, physics, yeah. exact science. Yeah. It's the same thing over and over right. and over, and they're governed by different uh, rules and laws, and it mm-hmm. will be the exact same thing every time. Biology. It's not an exact science, right? It isn't, it's different at different times. So injury prevention programs do not prevent absolutely positively mm-hmm. prevent, uh, an injury. It's preventative medicine is mm-hmm. what it is, which is the best kind yeah. of medicine. Um, you're doing things and taking steps to reduce the chances, right. reduce the risk, but it's, n- and but, that's the important uh, part, yeah, right? That, like that's I think what it comes down
0: to study shown ACL prevention programs and, yeah. No matter where they're done, you know if they're done correctly, they can right. reduce the risk,
1: right? Reduce the risk. That's what you're going for. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we can't prevent an yeah. ACL tear so yet. It, yet, right? I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be the you know yeah. the, the, the utopia of. Utopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you learn you learn the risk factors, and you mm-hmm. do your best to to try to reduce those risk factors. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another one I had: um, an athlete suffering from a hamstring strain was frustrated. They saw a physician. They couldn't get over the fact that an MRI wasn't ordered. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. how, how could they, you know, how could I be clear without getting an MRI? Right. Doctor, do we need an MRI for everything.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, so, so <laughs> I actually just had this conversation um, with a family member not that long ago, mm-hmm. who was a little bit frustrated with, with basically this, this, yeah. the same exact thing, felt as though they, they were being ignored by their treating physicians and had, you know, had moved around yeah. and, and, you know. No, not at all. Like that's that's not being ignored. That's yeah. not poor quality treatment. That's the appropriate treatment. So, with when it comes down to when it comes to that kind of stuff, is that you don't want to over treat. Mm-hmm. There, there's a few different factors. One, resources is not unlimited, right? Yeah. Like so, so there. So, so you have to practice sound medicine and and fiscally sound medicine. That's number one. But number two. There are protocols in place, kind of an algorithm is set mm. up to go through in the, 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 the treatment uh, appropriate treatment of, of people. And if you start jumping steps and skipping steps and going mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. That's when things get missed. Yeah. That's when things get dropped. That's when, you know, an MRI is, is a extraordinarily sensitive test. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it shows you things that aren't really there, especially right, right after the injury, it looks like yeah. a bomb went off sometimes. Yeah. And and then you wind up over treating, creating other. Little... So no, th- there are definitely steps in place and mm-hmm. a certain protocol in place to one, do your best to reduce missing anything. Do you to reduce costs? It is a factor mm-hmm. and three, do your best. To reduce really over treatment. Right. So so no absolutely, absolutely not. You know, if that were the problem, you know, like if that that were the solution, you, you, you don't need a physician, right? Like right. you just, just get the MRI. Right. Yeah. But but there's more to it than that. Just yeah. like we said, biology is not an exact science. Mm-hmm. It's it's an art and a science. It's it's sometimes there are gonna be there's gonna be a need for when you need to get the MRI and there's that is absolutely the next step right yeah. off the bat. Lots of times that's not the case.
0: Right. How about, how about another? Yeah, another good one for you. It uh it seems to be common opinion that mm-hmm. it's always better to it's always better to break something versus sprain something.
1: Broken bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hurt so sprain is yeah. worse. Yeah, I sprained
0: yeah. my ankle, man. I wish I just broke it. Right. 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 You know.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> um, we, we hear that one a lot and and the truth is a lot of these sort of urban myths and a lot of these sort of this sort of folklore type stuff exists for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. There's a nugget of truth to some a lot of these things. Um uh, there so in that scenario, yes, sometimes sprains are worse than fractures without question. Yeah. Sometimes they take Soft longer tissue, to heal, yeah, they linger. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. However, I can tell you, <laughs> there are yeah. a lot of fractures yeah. that, like, man, I wish I, would, I wish I had sprained that and not, you know, right. Like, there's does I mean bad stuff.
0: Well, listen, yeah. like, think about some of the breaks that we've talked about here on this podcast alone, where mm-hmm. it involves like plating it and screwing right. it and right. avulsion fractures. And right. I mean, that sounds terrible too.
1: Right. And, and fractures that go into the joint and smashed and yeah. peel on, like all these different things that we talk about that, like, you know, calcaneus fractures are notoriously bad outcomes. Um, and, you know, kind of going to just sort of have deal with a certain level of pain for the rest of your life. Then you go down the road of open fracture and it's a like right. whole next <laughs> yeah. level. Yeah. So yeah, no, on occasion, a sprain, can be worse than a fracture and on occasion a sprain can take longer to heal mm-hmm. or may have some residual issues where sometimes the fracture just heals and then you're done and you're back to normal right but it is by no means a um uh an ultimate truth it is no mean by no means is that the case every single time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah let me try to throw one your way okay yeah wasn't ready for that go ahead no no yeah <laughs> yeah sure so so let me ask you this one of the big questions i get all the time what, what's right? What What's the better way? Do I put heat or do I put ice?
0: Yeah. Um, this could be uh, an episode in itself. Right. And there's a lot of there's some science yeah, to this. There's yeah, there's a lot of science to this. And uh, how about I'll, I'll keep it very basic for you in, in my treatment algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will utilize heat to, uh, let's say, warm up, loosen up an area, yeah. provide some mild relief before we do some activity to strengthen, to rehab, you know, to get the body moving, I will ice for the purpose of the end of the session, pain relief. Everybody wants to heat because it feels good and things like that. That's nice. I I don't think heating (laughs) and doing nothing is ever the answer, in my opinion. And a lot of colleagues that I have a great deal of respect for the new kind of great debate is whether you should ever ice in right. general, right, 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 right. And, and that could so that's be an, the next one. That could be an episode. Um, there's a, a tremendously. Uh,
1: if that's been studied too. Yeah, yeah. And, and
0: that has been studied. And the whole thing about rice mm-hmm. rest ice is completely yeah. going away in, right. in our field. Uh, there's I still a,
1: disagree, but hey, I'm part of that's part I, of folklore. But it's hard for me to let it go.
0: Doctor Frey, I don't know. I, I will admit, I'm not sure where I stand yet. Yeah, I could tell you that I've had success with icing. Mm-hmm. I've had success with never icing a person right. definitely we're, i don't want to get too in the weeds with something is this i have so many more questions sure. for you but to keep it simple i would say heat before activity and for a purpose mm-hmm. to to be active and to to strengthen to rehab i used to relieve the pain right if you're going to go down that road
1: I remember uh, one of the docs, uh, guy named, uh, Kurt Spindler, he's actually from New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, he, I, I don't know if he's still at, Vandy, at Vanderbilt, I think he is, and a pretty well-known sports doc, and mm-hmm. um, I remember his whole approach was to question everything. Yeah. Just question it all, yeah. study it all, try to figure exactly. it all out, and one of the big things he was pointing to was like, springs, right? Like, you spring yeah. your ankle, do you ice it? And, and that yeah. was like one of the, yeah. and, and <laughs> some of the stuff he was producing right did, did point towards no, don't don't right
0: don't do it. i mean a lot of they say now like you, you don't want to constrict the blood vessels right. right and you know you want to get you want to let the the, the anti-inflammatory response happen right right and you let want to clear go. it out of there yeah. you know
1: it's so ingrained to in me right I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm suspect to it just right. like you are so yeah. ingrained to in me it's hard to let that one go the,
0: uh, my, you know my phenomenal uh educators at westchester university mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago did you know what they called the great debate and mm-hmm. One of the professors, Dr. Carolyn Jimenez, and there was another one, Dr. Uh, Catherine Morrison. Basically, you know, they they chose their sides and and they went at it. And, I love it. Um, I mean, these are two people I have the utmost respect for, and sure. I mean, it was. I still, after listening to that, cage like, match. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a <laughs> cage match. So again, there, there's many things I'd rather get into the weeds about than heating versus icing or icing in general. But uh, that that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, you kind of brought it up spraining. I, I hear a lot of times I I sprain my quadricep. <laughs> right where I I I strained my ankle. Right, right, if I right. strained my knee. It's yeah, probably a good one. Yeah.
1: Right. So so this is more of a, a, a definitions type thing. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. This is more of a definitions <laughs> yeah. type thing, right? Yeah. So so you have the word sprain. You have the word strain. Right. So so sprains happen to ligaments. Yeah. Ligaments attach bone to bone. And strains happen to tendons and mm-hmm. muscles. And tendons yeah. attach muscle to bone. So, so that's just a just just a misuse of that particular term right so you mm-hmm. don't strain your ankle you sprain your ankle because mm-hmm. you stretch some of the ligaments right. or tore some of the ligaments in your ankle and you don't sprain your quad you you strain it because because mm-hmm. you you, you yep. injure the muscle or, or the tendon.
0: that one gets uh misused a lot
1: all the time <laughs> and, and, and I get why right yep. and, and you know maybe and, you know maybe, maybe it's us being like kind of a Pain in mm-hmm. the butt, of batter like yeah. right? like the sticklers for it, right. but but yeah, you're not right. Yeah. It's it's just it's 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 an actually very definitive and incorrect te- uh, description or lexicon.
0: Keeping with the ankle, you'll hear somebody like I, I've rolled it. I've rolled my ankle a couple times. Right. I never really sought care. Uh huh. Is that true? Yeah. A, a so, rolled ankle. We don't need yeah. the. Yeah. We don't so, need to follow up one.
1: Right. No. So uh, I, I'm not sure where the question is going, but I I I actually, yeah. I, I think that. That does happen. People roll their ankles and, and essentially they are spraining yep. their ankles, right? right? They're stretching out those ligaments. Mm-hmm. And each time they do, frequently they heal, but they can be a little bit looser mm-hmm. and leave you more likely to, yep. to, to sprain it again. Yeah. And you do, you start reaching a point where it happens frequently. Right. And the, so that that the kind of quote unquote loose ankles things, mm-hmm. I think that's real. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes what we'll do is, you know, we do physical therapy to try to head that off yep. and try to tighten it up. And sometimes, if you're too far gone, that's not the solution. In which case, then you're heading down a surgical pathway to tighten the ankle, and and you never want to go down the road of surgery if you can fix it without surgery, i.e., preventative medicine. Right. But speaking of um, ankles and rolling ankles, I got a question for you. Then, okay, bracing, taping, um, the 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 whole. You know, what are your thoughts there?
0: That's another good one. If you've never been taped, I, I will tell you that taping an ankle there there's nothing that provides your you the sense of more security in that ankle Mm -hmm. and it unfortunately it doesn't really relate in my opinion to any brace that you can get at a physician's office right the problem is you have to have somebody readily available that a knows how to tape and b has the means to do so right i think bracing is a good substitute for when your ankle taping is not available right but the stability that an ankle taping gives you uh, is really second to none. Right. However, again, there's a lot of studies out there that will show you that an ankle tape loses that rigidity within minutes of being applied. 10 minutes yeah. is what I, whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 But I, I think, you know, there's something also to be said about, we talked about the mental side of things in sports. I, I think there's something to say about the sense of security right. in an ankle and, and how you feel
1: and feeling the tape right. on the ankle. Yeah. So that you're constantly, Aware right. and thus protecting right. them, being, being a little more careful. Now, right. now along similar lines, how about hey doc, you, or, 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 or or you know, hey athletic trainer, yeah. will you will, will you tape my knee for me?
0: Yeah. Again, I mean, to me, taping is for stability. Yeah. You know, it's to provide stabilization when the the ligaments can't provide that on their own. Right. I've had a lot of people. I ask. Supplement. Me, yeah, yeah, to supplement. It, it's like an added thing. Um, I've had some weird requests, like, you know, c- can you tape my knee? Cause it's swollen. And it's like, well, the bigger question is why is that knee swollen? Right. And,
1: and can you do that even like, how not,
0: you- not really. I mean, there's some things that we could do. We, we almost mimic a, like a compression sleeve with some, you know, cohesive tape.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Different. And
0: yeah, you know, it, it's, but it's not, you know, the tapes meant to provide stability and also, you know, range of motion mm-hmm. and the knee becomes tricky. You right. Know, can for you shake sure. my shoulder?
1: No, not really. <laughs> Especially, right? Like yeah. you need the range of motion. Yeah. How do you mm-hmm. possibly do that? Uh, right. It,
0: it becomes tough. Yeah. Even
1: from a bracing standpoint with the shoulder, you know, we talk about that where it's, it's like someone has shoulder instability, and there are different braces that we use. You can only use them for certain positions and right. certain. Right. Because it, it becomes a hard thing to hold in place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Concussions? Do we even go down this road? I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, how about the whole uh, I got my bell wrong?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. I got my bell wrong. Right. Yeah. Or, or no, it's no big deal. He got his bell wrong. Yeah. Oftentimes that's a concussion. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's,
0: that's, that's an, you know, that's a symptom.
1: That's right? exactly yeah.
0: it. P- people reporting they got their bell wrong is literally a symptom on the checklist. On the checklist. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. So, so the, and, and concussions are not, yeah, not a big deal. Right. right. Like they are a big deal. So, so, um, it's, it's always interesting. And I think that's sort of going by the wayside people, more yeah. and more people mm-hmm. recognize it. Yeah. But 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 no, you're absolutely right, and especially like an older generation, yeah. for sure. Like and yeah. yeah yeah. So so that, that that I got my bell wrong thing, or you know I saw stars, and you know like yeah. something significant there, man. Or
0: I didn't get knocked out, so right. I don't know. Oh, don't worry about it. Right. You're, you're golden. <laughs> you're <right. laughs> absolutely yeah. not. Obviously, yeah. still a concern. Still
1: right. get a concussion. Yeah, we we've, we've been through this. Uh, we we had the we had a dedicated yeah. episode, yeah. and, and this I'm is, sure we'll go back.
0: This yeah. is where we're talking about, it, right? It's like, man we could probably have Jess Harrison just debunk all the myths of concussions on an episode without even getting right. into the science behind it. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, we could take this a step further each without time. Question. <laughs> we talked a little bit about it with, uh, Mike volts when we had him on, uh, you know, our pitching guru from over there at the movement science project yeah. in uh, Newtown square. Yeah. But, uh, parents thinking that specializing in a sport is going to give their, their kids a better opportunity. For collegiate success. Right. So if I just, if I pitch 12 months out of the year. Right. If I play, let's right. uh, even take it a step down even. If, if I play soccer 12 months out of the year.
1: Right. Right. You know, it becomes a gray area, right? Yeah. The whole nugget of truth, right? So at some point, if, if your goal is to become the best soccer player you can be, at some point, for the most part, you do have to eventually decide and commit yourself. But that point, typically, mm-hmm. Way, way, way down the line, later in life, there's a lot of an argument, and again, this this is this is the gestalt thing. This yeah. is not based in science, but there's a huge argument for. Well, number one, like if you have a kid that's you know eight years old or ten years old, like mm-hmm. let them play everything, let them figure out what they want and what they enjoy the most, and they tend to become better athletes, fewer problems, mm-hmm. fewer injuries, less uh, if 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 they're changing it up yeah. doing different sports as much as there's pressure to just do this one oh you got to do it you got to do it you're not going to be on the 8th you you're not going to be on mm-hmm. like like no man get out there and one and enjoy your life right? right enjoy your childhood you only get it once and right. then two in the end you're probably going to be better so let's say you do want to become a you know college soccer player your best chances of becoming a college soccer player is not being the best 12 year old 10 year old soccer player on the field right it's being the best high school soccer player on the field and mm-hmm. then you get to go to college and do it right so yeah. so work towards that. So yeah. no, I, I, yeah, I told, and I think baseball is, is, is actually the best yep. example. You, you started going down that road. You know, the, the kids that pitch year round, they, they rarely make it to yeah. college, right? They, yeah. they inevitably their shoulders going to go They They're, yeah. they're going to get the injury that it's, it's again, this is not based in science talking. I remember being at, uh, at the spring training with my, with my fellowship director and he gave me his, a quote. He gave me a stat. And I actually don't know if this is true, but he had said that more professional Baseball players come out of the Northeast than then mm-hmm. surprisingly any other area in the country. Again, I don't know if this is actually mm-hmm. true. And you know, initially you think Florida, California, you know, mm-hmm. maybe Arizona, places where they play year round. But in reality, because of injuries yeah. and because people are generally forced to take a little bit of time off in right. the Northeast, those good players don't get mm-hmm. eliminated by the by you know by evolution by the yeah. you know by by, by the injury.
0: Yeah. Let's stay with baseball because I think one of the you know one of the things i hear about the most with the youth is that so if i get tommy john now i'll just like <laughs> i'm going to come back throwing faster that's right. inevitable right right right, right. and yeah. although the, i guess there's enough experiences where that's true right but it's not just because they have tommy a, john. a tommy john you know, no, surgery.
1: No good of truth. Right. 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 Like it does yeah. actually
0: it does. happen sometimes it, in a weird way. It does, yeah. Yeah. but that's yeah. because of, yeah.
1: and we had this conversation with Greg Burke, right? Yeah. Like speaking of Greg Burke, we got to get that guy. back. Yeah, on. we should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so we've had this conversation with Greg Burke when he's been on the show. Um, I think even more than one time we've had, right. you know, there's this feeling that someone will get Tommy John and, and almost to the point, not almost, but actually to the point, which is a little bit scary yeah. for some of those borderline guys. Yeah, yeah want to have the surgery because they feel like that gives them a chance to get better not the right approach the really in in reality again folklore not based in science Mm. in reality what is likely happening is that person has this injury they undergo the surgery Mm. and then they rehab like crazy Mm -hmm. and it's that rehab focused rehab focused rehab that's What makes them throw harder than they were throwing before? That's what makes them slightly better than they were before the injury. So rather than undergo the surgery, just undergo the rehab, man.
0: The dedication to the rehab. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think there's also something to say you know, we've mentioned that this is typically a year, right? Recovery, especially for a baseball player. It's gone down, right? It's gone
1: down, but pretty much at least. In in my
0: opinion, I mean, think about how different a year can be for a 15 year old. Where then he's coming back as a 16-year-old right? and he's more mature and he's bigger. Another really good right? point. Yeah, so it's totally. So like, it's not necessarily the surgery that got you throwing harder. It's the fact that you... It's a year it's, more mature. Yeah. your body Your body has grown a year and you spent a year... Working on your shoulder and your elbow mechanics, right? And this your and your hip mechanics, and this is where I'm, I'm, you know, Mike. Having Mike Bolts here, if we had asked him this question, would probably help me out a little bit better. we got to get him yeah. on. We talk about him all yeah. the time. We just gotta um, bring him on. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like he would sure. tell you how they all tie together: the core, the core work, and the hip work, and right. you know, and the scapular work. He was being on. Right. It's it's not the fact that you have a new ligament in there; it's the fact that you just spent 12 months focusing on your. You, when your craft. Right. You know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Now 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 of course now that that can take you right back down this other path, right? Yeah. Oh, you, so you're saying focusing on my craft for 12 months or playing my sport yeah. 12 months a year and not doing any other sport is helpful like right. like right it takes right. you back down that path. Yeah. Right? no no right totally different. Yeah,
0: we're not we're not pitching competitively right. for 12 months yeah. right that's exactly
1: right that's exactly and in fact like strong recommendations in, yeah. in literature based and literature base and whatnot. you need the downtime you need three yeah. months like, like yeah yeah for sure pitch count has to be monitored right. especially in in you know little leagues and, and whatnot
0: how often do you get a patient changing topics now you get a patient that comes in for any injury and you ask them what have you been doing to help it and it's like well I haven't, I haven't ran or I haven't done this in about four months and it's not getting better. Right. Is rest always the answer to have things get
1: better, get better. Heck no. Right. Unless you're me Right, you're approaching <laughs> 50 and you just need rest. Right. <laughs> right. But sometimes
0: well, yeah. doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. Of course. Yeah. 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 So,
1: so it is interesting and there's a huge genetic component. Let's say even just, just, just the arthritis, right? Yeah. There's a huge genetic component yeah. to it. And, you know beating up your joints in this repetitive stress in this you know like uh you know running you know insane mileage yeah probably does also mm-hmm. lead to additional injury to some mm-hmm. extent but uh, like to a lesser extent for the right person yeah it's actually chondroprotective. these things are right. good for you yeah the, the range of motion right the activity the strengthening and it's been shown over and over. Even in an arthritic joint, mm-hmm. it's been shown over and over. Range of motion, strengthening, activity, flexibility. People have less pain. People mm-hmm. have better function. Without question. Now, now, there's there's a caveat to that. That it depends on the level of impact for that activity. It's staying within what I what I would uh, describe as within your envelope of function, right? Mm-hmm. And your envelope of function changes over time. Yeah. It changes from person to person. When you're 20, running a marathon um, might be fine for this guy. Mm-hmm. But when he's 40, running the marathon is too much. And mm-hmm. if he goes and runs a marathon, um, especially without training, it's an injury. But at 20, you yeah. know, yeah. like it's, it's, just, it's right. just totally different. Yeah, I just went down that whole road. But anyway, um, the activity typically helps the recovery usually right. we see that in concussions right. too right like the right. original sit in the dark room don't do yep. this and then and then it became no 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 no, no. that's not maybe for a couple of days mm-hmm. relative mental rest right. but like not doing anything just is is i remember
0: is. when we had her on said like i want to see them within the first 48 hours right. and i'm gonna right. get started on some cognitive rehab
1: start working on yeah. it get it going again yeah, yeah for sure
0: and i feel like the same with like with with just about any injury like getting them started on physical therapy, working on range of motion, working on getting the muscles firing. Right. It's better than going home and waiting it out for four months. De-conditioning. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Jess Harrison. Yeah. What are your thoughts on dynamics? And then the reason, because she, she, she read me the right act, but what are your thoughts yeah. on dynamic versus static yeah. stretching?
0: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big supporter of any pre activity should include a dynamic component of, of stretching dynamic means you're taking your muscles through an active range of motion right and we see different variations of that and i we won't get into which one's better this this technique versus that technique but you know even just you know doing a light jog around the field as opposed to standing there with your teammate and you know, kicking your leg out and bending down and touching, you know, you're not really preparing your muscles for activity by just standing around and stretching.
1: So that, that actually is another very questionable, not very, but questionable. Like, do you need to stretch? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. And I think there's a lot of, places for static stretching as well. I think after activity, yeah. before hopping in your car and going home with mom or dad, right? there's a lot Post-stretch. of- Post-stretch. right? There's a lot of research that talks about this static stretching post-activity.
1: Do people who stretch before athletic events have fewer injuries than people who don't stretch? Oh, the, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's yeah. it's been studied, right. and, and the one that I remember, and this is back from uh, probably 2000, Early two thousand two, I'm gonna guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the the net result was uh, that people who usually stretch mm-hmm. need to stretch, otherwise they have if and if they don't they have a higher rate of injury. Yeah. And people who never stretch don't need to stretch, right? And the injury doesn't change. It's just like it's it's so like yeah. that's like folklore at its best, right? right. Like like and I,
0: and I'm I I now we talked about it with Brittany Lynch. I I. I completely, I'm all on board with that after, you know, beginning my running program a few years ago, where it would be like, well, it's only, I only have a 30 minute run today. I'm just going to get this done. Mm -hmm. And then I was dealing with all these types of, you know, ankle injuries, plantar fasciitis, posterior tip, all the way up the chain. And then when I finally really started setting aside 25, 30 minutes of dynamic warm up, taking my body through it, it it was, it was better. It was was such a game changer. Right. You know, like I, I, I was. We. I think we talked about. It. I remember that first run where I was no longer just kind of hobbling the right. first half a mile, yes. and my time went down like a minute per mile. You know, like it was incredible.
1: Like I got to the end of right. my block and I could keep running. Right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I,
0: I was two houses down, I was like, "Well, this doesn't hurt yet," and you know, it, it just. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's definitely evidence to show that a warm up before activity reduces the rate of injuries.
1: But it's controversial. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. <laughs> Let me
0: think of some other ones for you. I hear a lot about, you know, somebody will say a separated shoulder. Right. I think it's just separated.
1: Right. So, so semantics, yeah. you know, one, one of the other ones we already discussed would fall, this sprains versus strains yeah. would fall into a similar category, right? So, so separated shoulder really refers to the AC joint, which is technically above to the "Quote unquote shoulder mm-hmm. joint." Like so, when you think shoulder joint, you're thinking the ball and socket joint of the shoulder. Yeah, that subluxes; it's almost you know partially slides out, or that dislocate; it's completely slides out. But when you're referring to a separated shoulder, you're really referring to an injury, um, displacement of the AC joint. Yeah. So, so that's vernacular, you right. know. Um, and actually, that that is purely vernacular; it's not yeah. even like by right. definition. Right. But t- but typically, that's what you would be talking about.
0: Yeah. Going back to running, I, I wanted to ask this last time. Shin splints. We hear a lot about shin splints in yeah. running, right? Some people tell you that, you know, yeah, you're going to have shin splints when you first start activity, but you can run through them and, and they'll go away, you know, right. as you get accustomed.
1: I'm not sure that's the entirely the best approach. Sure. Uh, Especially
0: without any kind of treatment. Right.
1: So, so, <laughs> but, so you, yeah, you definitely want to add. You want to get seen mm-hmm. you want to get get it evaluated you want treatment which will hopefully get you past it and sometimes it actually goes yep. you need a little bit of rest before you can move forward and then the other big thing here is sort of differentiating differentiating that shin splint from a stress mm-hmm. fracture that's and, why it's
0: it's important to right. have it evaluated right yeah.
1: you don't want to run through a stress fracture because right. then your stress fracture becomes a full fracture right. completely different. i actually gave this talk to the uh, uh the internal re- uh, medicine residents just today, I did, I did a hip injury talk just today. And, and I think I actually mentioned this in one of our previous shows. In my hip injury talk, yeah. <laughs> I have a, uh, two slides, consecutive yeah. slides. And um, I put one of the slides up, and it's a picture that I took when I was doing my fellowship out in Pittsburgh, where um, somebody had driven their car basically into a brick wall at, mm-hmm. at, at CVS. And you see the front end of the car, the, the wall, the brick wall still standing all around it, but the front end is punched through the wall in there yeah. and, 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 uh, and the first slide i say is you know sometimes what looks like a pretty bad problem and then the next slide come i, I put up i walked around to the other side of that brick wall and it's actually a, a underground parking lot so this car like you couldn't see it from yeah. the backside when you go around to the front side this car is teetering Twelve feet off the ground, right. and had they gone, you know, another foot, they were they were going over right. and dropping. So I say, you know, you never know when a problem might be really a lot worse than, yeah. than you think it is, yeah. and, and that's really to try to get the attention. So that's my long answer to a short question right. <laughs> to get the attention of the residents. And I say, that, you know, if there's one thing you're not, I don't want, I want to make sure that you get from this lecture. Don't miss this. Right. And, it's, and it's it's about that. That right. would be stress fractures of the femoral neck. That, yeah. We don't want to miss that. Right. That holds true with splints and yeah. tibia, stress fractures and all that other stuff. You have to be conscious of it. You have to be aware of it. And and, and it has to be on your radar as a possibility so that you don't miss it and something doesn't become significantly mm-hmm. worse.
0: I can I can tell you from experience in, in taking a, a you know, history of an injury from an athlete. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll typically ask, like, have you tried anything on your own? Have you been taking any type of anti-inflammatories? No, no, I haven't. I mean, that's why I'm here. Like, no, like not even ibuprofen. Well, yeah, I took ibuprofen. But ibuprofen is an insect, correct? Right? Like I get all the time. Right, so like, yeah. it, it seems but to... But
1: you know what? I mean, hey, it's just yeah. educating the
0: person. It seems to me that unless it's on a handwritten script from you, the physician, it's not considered a uh, an anti-inflammatory.
1: And the, the other one I get, and I see this, uh, we see this uh, pretty frequently, is I'll prescribe an anti-inflammatory. And the patient will come back and say... You know, I didn't take it. Like I read the the black box warnings yeah. and like um, no way. Right. And then, you know, say it is the exact same black box warning on Advil. Right. And I leave yeah. like like they're just over the counter. So you right. don't realize it. But like it's all the same warnings yeah. and all the same concerns. But like if you actually start to read them, like, oh, my God. Right. But in reality, as long as it's done wisely and within reason and not over extended period of times, Generally, they're pretty safe, mm-hmm. um, but, but, but you're right. You know, there are risks and we're, we're, we're careful about it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question here. Do you ever get tagged with the the misconception between you're an athletic trainer, what you do like, Hey, yeah, yeah. The guy that's handing out water or, or like, Oh yeah. Like, so I can book a training session with you at yeah. the gym.
0: Yeah. Every day, <laughs> uh, every day. It is one of the, the major hurdles in our profession of athletic training right. where it, it, is closely related to the term personal training right and i'm certainly not here to say one of us are better at what we do than the other right um, we do have very different career paths right and it definitely starts with the educational side of things right. the athletic trainers are now an entry level master's program right uh where you're you know you're going in for five years yeah and it entails an extensive clinical work component where yeah. you are not only taking classes but you're working or I shouldn't say working but you're on the sidelines you're in a school you're in a setting learning from a certified athletic trainer. Right. We are recognized by the Board of Medicine, uh, you know, as a healthcare component. Right. And that's not necessarily always the case with personal trainers.
1: Right. Which is not meant to be a knock on someone. And, and it's not team. I mean I relo- we really rely on Yeah,
0: we rely know. on personal trainers, you know, a great deal. Mm-hmm. Athletic trainers take uh, a lot of different components and make it into one field. And certainly the personal trainers focus all their energy and time commitment on like the strength and conditioning side of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I will say, you know, a lot of times they'll see what we do as athletic trainers. And I I get this one a lot too, where it's, oh, like, oh, so you're the guy at the game, like handing out water. And 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 it is true. So, I mean, what spectators see, you know, is, I always use the analogy of athletic training is an iceberg. What the spectators see is the same as, you know, an iceberg is only one-tenth above the water. Right. 90% of it is below the water. So, yes, on game day, I'm hoping to do bare minimum because that means all of my athletes are safe and, and well cared for. And sure. you may only see me running out at timeouts with a water bottle. Yeah. What the spectators don't see is the other 90%, and that is emergency preparedness. You know, we, we have been doing rehab all week, all season. We have evaluated the injuries. We have deemed them safe, you know, in, in conjunction with the yeah. physicians to right. play in that contest, right? Every, any good athletic trainer could recite the whole entrance physical packet. We know who has high blood pressure, who's allergic to what we know in, right. in case of emergency, if they have to go to the hospital, we know all the background on everybody that steps on the field. Sure. So we always say we're an athletic trainer is. 10% above water and 90% below.
1: And I think that's uh, exactly why we did the ode to athletic trainers yeah, absolutely. Kind of episode because um, I think that often there is this sort of misconception mm-hmm. and I, I was guilty of it myself. Mm-hmm. I, I think I told this story once before when I was in college. Uh, I kind of had a feeling I wanted to go. I thought I wanted to go into medicine. I was pre-med and I had a feeling maybe it was going to be orthopedics. Maybe it was mm-hmm. going to be sports medicine. I tried to keep an open mind, but I kind of had a feeling I was going to go in that direction. So there was a, one of the, one of the classes was mm-hmm. athletic training. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll take that. That sounds appropriate. That'll right. help me. And I did. I learned how to tape some ankles. I learned yeah. how to do some stuff. Then it became like, I was in college and I was yeah. a college athlete and they were like, athletic training Is a degree? You realize that, right? Like, and I was like, really? Like, I had no idea. Fast forward, you Mm -hmm. know, twenty years, right? Like, like anyone who's in sports medicine, anyone who works Mm -hmm. with that, really gets the level of what what athletic trainers are doing. And but but it is it is surprising to me. I guess I shouldn't say that because Mm -hmm. I was one of those same people who didn't quite get it. But but um, in hindsight, it's it's astonishing that. People don't yeah. quite understand how involved it is, and right. the level of education yeah. that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, you guys are in the weeds. You guys are doing the mm-hmm. doing the the grunt work and and yeah. really managing so. much. And there's a lot of overlap, right? You're yeah. you're part doc, part physical therapist, part mm-hmm. like like part yeah. uh, personal part trainer, EMT, part, part EMT, part EMT, yeah, part totally, yeah, 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 exactly. The the yeah. emergency preparedness, yeah. like. Part, There's a lot yeah. that goes into it.
0: Part personal trainer. I always, right. a lot of my students totally. will always ask me, you know, or this was really before it moved to an entry-level master's was, what should I pursue my master's in? I remember always thinking, probably psychology. Because a <laughs> lot of what we do is just, it's just managing the mentality of our athletes, right? right? It's convincing them, you have to trust me. Your ankle is ready to go, right. you know? And uh, I always, you know, I always say, um, if uh, if you if you see me on game day and you're only seeing me hand out water, yeah. that's exactly the day I want Yeah, because that means everything is just hunky dory and everyone's fine and everyone's healthy.
1: Everything went, all the preparation that went into yeah. that game has worked and, and, and everybody's and, great.
0: And when the Philadelphia soul were on TV, I always said, if you don't see me out on the field, that's a good day. Right.
1: That's, that's right. a good day. <laughs> but there's chaos behind the scenes right, man, running right. around doing Yeah, yep,
0: Yeah. Exactly. I don't know, doctor. We, uh, we didn't know where this was going to end, but we're about 45 minutes in already.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's something that's fun to do. And, yeah. and it's nice to be able to just kind of, you know, talk about it, right? Like like not getting to yeah. all this crazy sides. Even though it inevitably it creeps in. We can't help it.
0: And I uh, I think we purposely stayed away from the strength and conditioning side of things. Because I got word here as we were making our way over to Neck of the Woods that Mike Vitas, who we... All of our listeners only know him by name. We bring right. him up a lot. Talk
1: about him like every other show.
0: But we gave him the uh, the the topic for tonight. Told him what we were going to be talking about. He seemed very into it. He's on board. He, so this is it. What we're going to do is set up a date here in the near future to get Mike Vitas on to make his debut. Right. And we're going to debunk a lot of the strength and conditioning myths. Which, looking at our list here in front of us, we said that he was probably more. He's going to uh, shoot me
1: down on a lot of the like stuff he, I said. He's more he? apt to, to talk <laughs> about some of
0: these things than either you or I. Right. But, uh, yeah, so we're excited to maybe finally get Mike on with us.
1: Again, I feel like for for, for us, for this particular topic, a fair amount of it is gestalt, yeah. our, our personal opinions yeah. on it, as opposed to the science-based. Right. Um, uh, some of it was science-based, but yeah. like a mm-hmm. lot of it is gestalt. But it's, it's fun stuff to talk because it's controversial, and maybe there is no yeah. right answer, and it's kind of gray, and people have their right. own personal opinions that's kind of the best stuff to, yeah. to kind of over. And it, I
0: don't know in 45 minutes we we maybe covered what 15 20 touched on not even covered right yeah. we talked about 15 touched to on, 20. Yeah, yeah. I think there's probably 100 more. Of course. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I I'm sure some of our listeners will reach out to us and tell us ones that they had questions on as well which we 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 welcome that. Right. So so,
1: so um you know we're we hoping to get Frank back on yeah. and I think he's just around the corner he's going to be on he's going to be yeah. on again soon. But yeah. What was it that you were drinking when yeah, you showed Yeah, I, I would
0: love to get Frank on. Um, we haven't talked about it much on air, but right. I, I have mentioned to Frank that uh, I have always been a, a big hard seltzer guy right. over the last few years. Um, yeah. A lot of it went back a few years ago. I, I went gluten-free yeah. um, and I kind of fell in love with them. I'm not gluten-free anymore. I just, I will say here on air that neck of the woods is the only beer that I drink. Right. Um, so when we're down here on Tuesday nights, when I bring them home with me, mm-hmm. Uh, I had asked Frank many times, like, "What would it ever take to get a seltzer, a hard seltzer?" And he just kind of laughed. He, I don't know. And we showed up here two weeks ago, right? And sure enough, there was two on the menu. So yeah. tonight, I had the pineapple seltzer, and it is by far the best thing I ever had. It is like drinking pineapple juice,
1: right? I went, I went blood orange as as yep. as, as, the, as the first before I got yep. the, the Ling Ling beer, yeah. And um, without question, hands yep. down, not even close easily the, 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 most the most delicious, flavorful, flavorful yeah. yeah, hard seltzer, seltzer. I've, I've, yeah. it was spectacular. Yeah, And and you know, that's not embellishing in any way, no. shape or form. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, no excuse for the local guy. That yeah. was amazing. I, I
0: challenge I challenge anybody to come down here, try one of the seltzers if you're right. into that right? and tell me you've had something more flavorful right. than what they have here at Neck of the Woods. And the beer is spectacular, yeah. right? Like, that's not to discount no. any of that. So no, oh, just, absolutely, yeah. I was
1: just out in um, uh, California, uh, sadly for, for, mm-hmm. for a friend's funeral, um, we were out near, uh, we were in, um, Santa Rosa and Russian river Valley, Brewer, uh, mm-hmm. a Russian river brewery. So, so any, any beer drinker out there knows yeah. of the famed, you know, Pliny the Younger. And mm-hmm. so I was sad, you know, I guess yeah. it only comes out, you know, yeah. certain times of the year and, and there's a, you know, big, huge line to get it, but so I wasn't able to get Pliny the the, the Younger, but I got a little yeah. bit of Pliny the Elder. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Um, as good as it is, man, God, this beer is just yeah. so delicious. It, it really is. It really stacks right up against that stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. well again down here at neck of the woods 614 lambs row Pittman, new jersey you can find them at neck of the woods find them on instagram as well and you know you guys got to come check out their menu it's phenomenal yeah before we go ahead on and close out our tab we want to take a moment to thank our other sponsors reconstructive orthopedics with our eight locations and focused on you approach covering all of your orthopedic needs The Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance destination. Again, we're going to be having Mike Vitas join us, the head of strength and conditioning there. So we're looking forward to that. And as always, our good friends at Timber Real Productions. Thanks a lot for listening to this week's episode, and we'll catch you guys next time.